Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Jack's telling me I should turn my mic on. (laughs) So everybody good today? Yeah, it's been a good week. It's been a crazy week. We've had a lot of stuff happening, like Pastor Andy said. My name is uh, Danny Dose. I am one of the pastors here at LifePoint, and um, it's my privilege to fill in for Pastor Danny while he's on sabbatical today. Um, We are in the middle of a series called uh, Flourish, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. Here's the deal. I have a son, and I, I, love, um, I love all my kids, but Josh is like that kid who is a senior. And where are my parents of seniors? Anybody have a senior this year, right? Like, you know, there's like one more thing you got to pay for, and there's one more thing you got to do, right? But here's the thing. Josh has played football since he was like in sixth, seventh grade, I guess, he started playing football. And um, around his sophomore year, he made the varsity team, which was great, right? But he's smaller than everybody else. And so um, he has worked really, really hard over these last three years. And like we have gotten into watching football together. And there are some things I learned about offensive linemen that I thought were really interesting. First, did you know that offensive linemen have no stats? Like wide receivers, they have balls caught, they have yards after the catch, they have all of those different, you know, those different stats. Running backs have, you know, handoffs and how many, you know, uh, yards, you know, gained on a carry, those kinds of things. Quarterbacks, you know, they have all sorts of, you know, um, our passing yards, running yards, all those kinds of things. But wide receivers are the only position in football, even defensive linemen, they have sacks to register, right? But offensive linemen have no stats, except there's one they keep on their own, (laughs) okay? And here's the deal. I'm going to explain this to you. This is a new thing. Like here in Texas, I I found out there's a coach that does this. When when the team, when his offensive line, he's an offensive line coach, and when his team comes off the field, he has a syrup bottle attached to his belt, and he gives them syrup shots because they're supposed to hand out what they call a pancake block. Okay, so what, what that is, is the offensive lineman gets into his stance and gets ready, comes up out of his stance, and his job is to overpower the defender so much that as he keeps his legs driving, he actually pancakes the defender. Okay, now Josh has gotten pretty good over the last three years. He, uh, he got honorable mention all state this year, so we're excited about that. He's done really well, right? But this is where this matters is I like, man, I, there, I guess there is one more stat. Like there's, you know, holding stats, right? Like they get penalties for holding unless you're playing for the Kansas City Chiefs and then all bets are off on what's going to get called or not. Hey, I'm a Broncos fan. It's Western, West, AFC West division rivals, man. Like I know I rooted for Tay Tay's boyfriend too. It's okay. No, seriously. So here's the thing. That stat, that, that pancake block kind of thing is what God has been doing to me all week long. Like the Holy Spirit, I think, is the offensive lineman of the Trinity. And like, as I am studying, as I was studying over these last few weeks, I've known for a few weeks that I was going to be preaching. And as I have gotten, as I have gotten into this message, I have gotten blocked and blocked and blocked. Man, God has like put me into a place where I've learned how much I need him. And so I'm hoping that today the Holy Spirit will speak to you and do the same, right? That way I'm not the only one who gets knocked down. (laughs) 
No, seriously, today is like going to be a great time. We are in our Flourish series. And in this series, um, Pastor Danny started about a month ago. We started at the beginning of January. And during the month of February, he really kind of put an emphasis on a couple things. First off, um, Pastor Andy, two weeks ago, preached on what it meant to have peace with God, right? And then next week, Pastor Andy and Dave Galbraith from Breakthrough Ministries are going to go through what it means to have peace with yourself. And I got the fun one. I get to have peace with others. <laughs> right? Right? It's like, man, that's not a hard text at all, right? So let's go to, let's turn in our Bibles. We're going we're gonna to look at a key text. But if you'll turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12, um, verse 9. Romans is the sixth book of the Bible. Um, hopefully you get run over by like a Jason Kelsey hand from the Holy Spirit today. And you get something so that you're changed to reflect Jesus more. Okay, that's what my goal is today, is that you hear from God and not from me. So our key text from this is going to be Romans 12, 8, okay, and that, I'm sorry, Romans 12, 18, and that verse says, if it's possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Okay, and we're going to break this verse apart. We're going to talk about what that looks like. We're going to kind of walk through that. But I want us to look at the bigger context of where Romans chapter 12 kind of resides, right? It's in this book about who, who we are, how, you know, it's this major theological treatise that Paul puts together. And it's got like some of the depth of theology and there's some great verses. And then you get to 12.1 and it's like, my brothers, I urge you to be this living sacrifice and that your mind should be transformed and renewed by the hearing of God's word and all this kind of stuff. And then we get to verse nine. Okay. And so here's what it says. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight and repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Now, this is our verse, right? If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And just because I, I need this, um, I, would you bow your heads and let's pray real quick. Father God, we thank you for your goodness and we thank you for your kindness. God, we're aware that we need to be transformed to look more like Jesus. And so as we open your word and, and break the bread of life today, God, I just pray that you would um, speak to our hearts. God, that you would, like that offensive lineman, just bowl us over in some places. And in those places where we need you to speak calmly and gently to our souls, we pray that you would do that as well. Today, we just pray that our hearts would be opened, our minds would be opened, and that the power of your Holy Spirit would be here to transform us. And we ask it in Jesus' name and by the power of your Holy Spirit. And everybody said, amen. amen. So here's the deal. In this, great, in this bigger passage, before we jump into 1218, in this bigger passage, we see Paul emphasize that this is what his view of Christian life looks like. 
It comes within the context, like we talked about, of being transformed and what, what, it, what all of it kind of plays out. He says, we have to genuinely love one another and abhor uh, evil while clinging to good. The Greek word there for genuine is an hypocritos, which is unhypocritical, that we should live a genuine and unhypocritical life. Timothy Keller said it this way. He said, we are not to be phony in our dealings with people. We are not to be polite, helpful, and warm on the outside while despising them on the inside. As we move further into the passage, we understand how that's possible, right? We should honor people. We should love them. We should care for them. We have to hold on to hope and exercise patience when things get bad, okay? We should be praying always. We trade cursing for the blessing of our enemies, and we emphasize empathy we empathize with those who are both in joy and in pain. We try to live in harmony with everyone, and we don't grow prideful, but we recognize our limitations, like verse 17 tells us. And here is how we do it. We don't avenge ourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. We overcome evil, not with more evil, but good, knowing that our God, who is a good God, a God of justice, has always got our back. That's a lot uh, to happen in such a small packed in verse set of verses, right? Like in this one passage, there's so much that we could focus on. But today I kind of, you know, and even as I read it, like one of the stories that came to mind is, you know, I have three kids and my daughter wanted me to make sure that she understood this was toddler gab, not last week's gab. Okay. Like what would happen is like toddler gab would bite Josh or Josh would hit Aiden and then Aiden or Josh or Gab, one of them would come and would tattle and come to say, hey, this is what's going on, you know? And if you're a parent, you kind of get that moment, right? And then you get over there and you're like, bro, they're crying too. Like, what did you do? Oh, I didn't do anything. <laughs> well, like you said they bit you, what happened? Or they hit you, what happened? Oh, I punched them in the mouth, but like, like you should do something to them now right? Like, it's almost like when we get into this passage, like, we see this about avenging God, right? Like, God is, you know, leave it to God's wrath, don't avenge yourselves. But, like, we're kind of like my kids, right? Like, 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 we want God to double punish somebody, right? Like, I mean, y'all laugh, but, I mean, like, think about it. Think about it here for just a second. Like, you want to be able to do something to them, and then God take his vengeance on them as well, Right? Like my kids, I found it hard to discipline the one who had initiated the thing because my kid took vengeance on them. The other kid did it for me and left me out of the equation completely. And that's what Paul's saying. Don't do that. Okay? Just don't do that. Don't take matters into your own hands. Don't let God trust God to discipline. And here's why. Because, because that's not the role you get in this passage. So if that's not the role, then what role do you have? So today we're going to focus on verse 18, which I think gives us that role, right? If possible, as long as it depends on you, live peaceably with others. Okay, so we're going to start from the back and we'll work our way forward. We're going to go from the back of the verse and we're going to start live peaceably with all. Okay, so let's start by exploring the biblical definition or the biblical concept of what peace looks like, okay? In the Old Testament, that was Shalom. In the New Testament, that was Irene. And here's what that meant. It was, it was not 
just this absence of conflict or tension in your life, but it was a completeness, a wholeness, that I am completely and totally in a state of harmony and well-being with God, okay? In every area of your life, both in your spiritual, your emotional, your relational, everywhere. And what we find is that there's this expanded view. When we look at it, there's this expanded view, and there are five different areas of peace that we see. First is peace with God, and that's what Pastor Andy talked about a couple weeks ago, right? That Jesus came, he died on the cross, he reconciled us to God, he gave us an opportunity or a way to have peace with God, even though sin creates a barrier and separates us and disrupts the peace between us and God, like, like James calls us enemies of God before we can be children of God, right? Like we have to have Jesus' blood applied to our life and this whole, this whole process, you know, if you want to look uh, more at that, like Romans 5.1 or Colossians 1.20 are both great verses to go study later. Then the second was this idea of peace within, and we're going to talk about that next week. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I just want to give you just a quick, this is Philippians 4.7, the peace of God that transcends human understanding, Okay. This is the moment where we are at peace. We have inner calm and contentment and serenity because our peace is dependent not on external circumstances, but on our relationship with God. Okay, so think about that for just a second because how many times do my external circumstances really determine if I have peace or not? I know all y'all cowboy fans have been hating for years. Like you're like, we don't ever have peace. Okay, okay. I know, I grew up a Cowboys fan, and then I became a Broncos fan, and I'm in the same boat all over again. Okay. So here's the deal, right? Like, we, we, we end up needing that, and Pastor Andy and Dave are going to do a great job of dealing with that next week. Today, we're going to talk about what it means to have peace with others or peace in relationships. Okay? And this is really kind of divided into two parts, but we're going to spend the bulk of our conversation today on peace and relationships. How do we recognize when we have conflict, and how do we, when we... We all know what conflict looks like, but how do we recognize the way out of it, okay? I think this biblical concept it is one of the hardest things that we have to learn as believers in Christ, as people who walk like Jesus walked, as people who want to look like Jesus looked, okay? As followers of Christ, we are given the, the option to be peacemakers, actively seeking to mend broken relationships, Okay? There are two other types of peace in the Bible, peace in society, which I think rest on the other three, okay? And then this future peace that's talked about in a way where all things will be made right one day. Today isn't that day unless Jesus proves me wrong and comes back today. Today won't be that day, okay? However, there will be a day when Everything, Jesus makes everything right. He comes and he fixes everything in terms of however that works out, whatever your view of the book of Revelation, however that plays out. There will be a day when everything will be made right and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the, to the glory of God the Father, right? So there will be that day. And here's the thing. Peace is a gift from God, right? It's the, the, we, talk about the, we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, and this is one aspect of the fruit, right? One fruit, many aspects, the Holy Spirit growing in us. We can be more peaceful because the Spirit grows within us and we can change. But that flows out into our relationships with other people. 
See, here's the thing, and I think this is, as we talk about this future peace, I want you to think about the Bible for just a second. And I want you to think about all the chapters that are in the Bible. There are only four chapters in the Bible that don't have sin in them. Okay? The two chapters at the beginning and the two chapters at the end. The Garden of Eden, for those two chapters where everything was good and God looked at it and called it good, and those two chapters where the new heaven and the new earth exists and God has called his people to be his people. And here's the deal. We live in the brokenness between those, those four chapters, right? That's where we live right now is in the brokenness between those, those two. So with that, we have to look at what challenges peace in our life, like, what causes conflict in our life, right? There's a line in a movie that I love, and you guys have to imagine it in the Sean Connery, because I can't do impressions. I'm not good. But Sean Connery is like this king, and he's making this statement, and he says something to the effect of, there's a peace only to be found on the other side of war. And if that war should come, I will fight it, right? Sometimes conflict, there's a peace to only be found on the other side of conflict, there's a peace that we can only experience once we've worked out what that conflict is. See, I think one of the easiest, one of the easiest things, one of the easiest places to start is when we have conflict in our relationships. Okay? I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm all these things, and sometimes I'm not good at communicating. Anybody else want to join me in that? Okay, my wife Michelle is here and I want to say thank you for coming and supporting me. She has sat through all three services and I appreciate her hearing the sermon three times. Yes, give her a hand there. But here's the deal. I don't know if y'all know this. There's actually an entire science devoted to communications. There's an entire science devoted to the concept of communication. Right? Like at its core, at its base, at the bottom, there's this place where communication is really dependent upon three things, right? There's somebody who communicates, so that's the sender. And then there's somebody who's going to, to get that message, and that's the receiver. And then there's the message itself. And how often is it really, when we find ourselves in conflict, that the problem is really in the message? Like typically our fights end up in something like this. And you guys, like, I mean, y'all can agree or disagree, but typically I think our fights end up with, well, you said that that way, right? Like it's like, it's not, it's a problem with the sender or the receiver. It's not a problem with the message itself. We stop fighting about what we're actually saying and we start fighting about how we said it. I know y'all are laughing and I'm right there with you because that's really the case, right? See, there are some other conflict promoters in our life, like for lack of a better term, that's kind of what I've called them, you know, like unresolved issues. Okay, so when we have unresolved issues, past hurts, grievances, you know, un some unresolved conflict that simmers like a volcano right underneath the surface, you know, there's that. There's other conflict promoters that we see in our life, like ego, pride, anybody stubborn, you know, you don't have to raise your hand. I'll just raise mine for all of us, okay? But here's the other one. Different expectations and values, right? Like, if you don't clearly define for the person you're trying to communicate with or clearly define, like, what you think or what you expect from your, your boss or your boss clearly defines for you, 
you know, your, your spouse, your, your children, your, like there's all sorts of places where conflict gets promoted. And some of that is when we have different expectations. I expected something, you did something different, now there's a conflict. Like a lack of empathy can also, can also fuel that. Like not being able to put ourselves in somebody else's shoes. Now, here's where, I think we're, here's where I think we're getting into, and Pastor Danny has used this language a couple times in the last few weeks. I want to acknowledge that we have societal, like we aren't going to talk about peace in our society a lot, but I want to acknowledge that we have societal problems right now, right? Like we've got an election coming up this year, and we could be more divided than ever before, okay? Racism, poverty, there's all sorts of hot-button topics, okay? And here's the deal. Some people have been judged by the color of their skin. Some people have been judged by their gender. Others have been judged by the zip code they live in. I think we do ourselves a disservice and each other a disservice without acknowledging that these divisions and conflicts exist so that we can do something about them. Right In other parts of Romans, Paul jumps right in and starts dealing with them. And he's trying to convince everyone what, the, what Jesus was saying is that the kingdom of God is for everyone. There's neither now Jew nor Gentile, Greek or um, Hebrew. There's now neither male nor female, that the kingdom of God is for everybody. And I want to say this. I want to acknowledge that there are black theologians like Dr. Tony Evans and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who've, who've shaped what I believe about Jesus. And there are women, there are women who like Tara Lee Cobble and Priscilla Shire. Anybody doing the Bible recap? Anybody doing the Bible recap? Right, I'm right there with you. I'm doing it again this year. I did it last year with my wife. I'm doing it again with a group of people that I read with. Here's the deal. They've spoken God's word with boldness and clarity. And here's the thing. When we allow voices that don't sound like our own to, to disciple us and shape our understanding of who God is, we are better equipped to deal with our society and what God, wants us, what God wants to do to redeem it. One day there will be a new heaven and a new earth. That is not today. Once again, unless Jesus changes and you know, Jesus shows up and that's a completely different story. Okay, But here's the thing. Hebrews 12 says this, that we have a great cloud of witnesses that is cheering us on and wanting us to be united in the faith and united in who God has created us to be and sharing one another, sharing our burdens with one another and not living in conflict. And then let's acknowledge the last, you know, one of the last um, conflict promoters is just our internal struggles. Like anybody have that voice in their head that says something different than what they know to be true? Like it's not like it's, it's, it's just... You know, sometimes I, like, my self-talk is not gratifying, you know, or pleasing to God. It doesn't glorify God, you know? When I call myself stupid, <laughs> you know? Like, we have, those, we have those moments. And just remember, here's the thing. They exist, and next week, Pastor Dave and, pa- and Pastor Andy and Dave are going to take us through how to, f- how to work through some of that. So, we recognize that we're to live peaceably with all, Right? The second thing we're supposed to do is so far as it depends on you. Okay, now let me let you into the secret sauce. It always depends on you, right? Like, like here's the thing, and let me, let me go through this with just, I know that's the hard part and the harder part. I know y'all thought I was going to say easier part, but it's not easier, right? It's the harder part sometimes. You get the opportunity and the privilege, even though it may not feel that way, to respond the way that Jesus responded. Like he forgave people. 
And so here's the thing. Because it always depends on you, so far as it depends on you, it always depends on you, you can forgive the way Jesus forgave. And when you work through conflict, forgiving the way that Jesus forgave or receiving forgiveness the way that Jesus forgave, we can see something crazy change. Now, I want to address something here, and this is one of those moments where I just, I want to make sure I say it from both genders' perspectives and that we don't get off. And I'm only going to take a few, a few sentences. First off, if she's beating you or he is hitting you, it is not okay. Okay? You need to get to safety, but it doesn't negate the, the need to forgive, and it doesn't negate the need to confront abuse. But getting help and doing it from a position of safety is essential, okay? I'm going to leave that right there because here's the thing. God can use moments where people hurt us, abuse us, whatever, to change the world. I know, I know, and here's how I know. Because I look, at what, I look at what abuse was hurled at Jesus on the cross, and he changed the world. Right? He was on the cross when he experienced people yelling and mocking him. Like Psalm 22 does this really cool thing where hundreds of years before Jesus shows up, it talks about all the things Jesus would experience. Like he was, he was on the cross, and people were mocking him. Like they had beaten him. They were taking his clothes and shooting craps for him. Instead of tearing them apart, it was one good piece of cloth, so we're just gonna, we're just gonna, we're gonna gamble for it. Jesus' example for us changed the world. And the same thing can happen when we do what Jesus did. So let's take and let's define forgiveness and let's kind of work through a definition of forgiveness. How do we respond like Jesus did? We forgive, okay? So now for all of you, who are young, you go to dictionary.com to get this information. And for all of you who are like me, they have this thing on a bookcase called a dictionary. <laughs> like like I, I, I sub sometimes, and on Friday, I was subbing in a classroom, and they actually had dictionaries on the bookshelf, and I was like, aw. <laughs> okay? So here's the deal. Forgiveness, okay? Forgiveness is defined in five ways in the dictionary. To grant pardon or remission of an offense, debt, etc., to absolve someone. The second one is to give up all claims on account of remittance, a debt, an obligation. The third one is to grant pardon to, specifically normally a person. Okay? The fourth one is to cease to feel resentment against, to forgive, like the example is to forgive one's enemies. Okay? The fifth one is to cancel an indebtedness or a liability of, and the example is to forgive the interest owned on a loan. Okay? The one thing I see in all of this, that none of the definitions, none of the definitions have anything to do with the offender. Right? All of them are written in a verb infinitive, meaning to do something, in a verb infinitive way of doing it. I know, it doesn't seem fair. I know, they aren't gonna come and ask for forgiveness. I know, you're, you're thinking, Dose, you don't know what they did to me. You have no idea how they hurt me. And I'm gonna say, you're right, I don't know. However, I don't have to know, because you know who knows? God knows. God knows exactly what's happened. He forgave you, so he's asking you to forgive them. 
See, here's the thing. There's some specific practical steps we can take towards peace and away from conflict, okay? First, we can seek dialogue and understanding in our conflicts. We can do this in lots of ways. We can do it through opening communication. We can do it through active listening. We can do it through empathy. One of my favorite quotes, right? Walk a mile in somebody else's shoes, right? That way, if you're in conflict with them, you're a mile away and you have their shoes. Come on, that was funny. Okay. You can clarify intentions and expectations. This is one of those that hit me hard this week. The Holy Spirit, like, a line, like an offensive lineman, pushed me down. Right? We have to stop judging people by their actions and ourselves by our intentions. Well, I didn't mean for that to happen. But it did. Right? We judge ourselves by our intentions. So often we judge by what we intended to happen and not what actually happened. But let somebody, let somebody cut us off on 1604, right? And we are like, God bless them with the ticket they so richly deserve today. <laughs> right? <laughs> Going back to that a second ago, I'm glad that my, my peace is not based on my external circumstances, especially on 1604, Right, I was driving in this morning, and like I like everything north going towards Bernie was shut down. Everything straight through was like straight through, and I was like, God, thank you. <laughs> right, like we get into that way, and here's the thing: God doesn't want us, like He doesn't want us to judge people by our intentions or by their intentions. Like we, like we judge ourselves by their intentions. We keep them at a at a distance. And here's the other thing. I think it's important that we're willing to bring in a third party. If you're in a conflict that you can't seem to solve, getting a third party counsel or a third party that can speak into it, that doesn't have a dog in the fight, is crucial. They can guide you towards reconciliation and resolution. Another, th another step we can take is to engage in acts of kindness and reconciliation. An apology, right? Forgiveness doing something nice for them, an act of service, building a bridge to get back to a full relationship. And this one's gonna hurt a little bit. Modeling Christ-like behavior. Too often I don't do that. And here's the other thing that you can do is the last thing where it depends on you should have been the first thing we did. How many people are wearing their Pray First bracelets to remind us to pray first? Right? We should, have, we should have sought God's guidance and strength through prayer first. We should have gotten, we should get our strength from him. We should find discernment. We should surrender ourselves to God's will and ask God where I'm at fault and where they're at fault. Now, here's the thing, and I'm going to say this, and this is where we're going to end up for the, last, for the last few minutes. Sometimes it's not possible. Right? Finally, if possible, right? Like, we're going to look if possible, and, and that presupposes two things, right? Sometimes it's not. Forgiveness at a distance is still forgiveness. We have to be able to, what do we do when it's not healthy or even viable for forgiveness to happen? Right, we have to trust in who God is and trust that Jesus, one of Jesus' title is the Prince of Peace. 
right? We can rest in who he is. Because why? Forgiveness always happens on our side of the equation. Right now, we're in, the, we're in the early stages of this life group semester, right? And so we've got one of our core classes is freedom. And freedom is what we do to deal with our hurts, habits, and hangups, okay? And in freedom, there's a week where Pastor Chris reminds us that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die, That doesn't mean that we don't set up boundaries. It doesn't mean that we don't look to set healthy boundaries. Like right now, I'm reading through the Bible in a year. I'm in a group with about four other people. This is about my sixth year, seventh year to do it, and we're reading through. And right now, we're in Leviticus because we're reading it through in um, chronological order. And like two days ago was like bacon day, okay? Like God set up these boundaries. He set up these rules in Leviticus. There's lots of rules, lots of boundaries, okay? But like bacon day was like the day where it says, don't eat bacon. And my heart actually probably got a little healthier. <laughs> but at the same time, my heart broke. And here's the thing. This is what I love about, this is what I love about God because we often see that if possible from the negative and what we see in scripture is that bacon becomes very possible because of something that happens in the book of Acts, right? Here's the thing. Living at peace with people becomes very possible because of what Jesus did on the cross, right? I'm not saying we don't need boundaries. I'm not saying that we, I'm not saying that we don't forgive from a distance sometimes. I am saying that like God, we can trust God. And that's the first of three comforting thoughts I want you to carry out of today. If you are living in a place where you don't know what's possible and what's not possible, and you're kind of feeling like you're just kind of up in the air, there are three comforting thoughts. First, we can trust God and we can relax. First Corinthians 13, 12 says this, for now we see only a reflection is in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I'm fully known. Here's the deal. Looking in the book of Acts, there's this moment where Paul and Barnabas, they end up, I mean, like two super missionaries. Like Paul's still Saul at that point. He hasn't changed his name. But like these two super missionaries are about to go out and they end up in this huge fight over John Mark. And here's the thing. We don't know if Barnabas and Saul ever reconciled. We know Paul and John Mark did. But we don't know what happened between them. We can relax and trust that God is sovereign and that he knows what's happening. Because the second of these thoughts is we have to find hope in the ultimate reconciliation promised by God. One day, all things will be made right. I'll tell you right now, I think Paul and Barnabas, they're in heaven having a Dr. Pepper because that's what heaven's gonna be like for me. All the Dr. Pepper I want with none of the calories, <laughs> okay? Like, they've reconciled. Because there's an ultimate reconciliation that happens because God promises that one day all things will be made right when the name of Jesus is lifted to the point, right? The name of Jesus is lifted to the point where every knee bows and every tongue confesses that he's Lord. Revelation 21, three and four says this, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying he will dwell with them as their God and they will be his people. 
and God himself will be with them. He'll wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more for the first things have passed away. Think about that for just a second. There's gonna be a day where conflict isn't the same. It doesn't exist anymore. There won't be mourning. There won't be weeping. Even though that day is not today, you can take comfort in the fact that it will happen one day. And here's the last thing that I want you to walk out of here knowing. God has called you to be an ambassador of peace in a broken world. He's called you to leave here to be a peacemaker and to make peace with others. That's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. It's easy to say it's hard to do, right? But that's what God's asking of you today. God's asking you to trust him that it's possible. And if it isn't, one day it will be. Here's the thing. We get to follow Jesus' example. What did he say on the cross? What happened on the cross? He looked to heaven and all the abuse and all the things that were going on. And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He leaves us an example of forgiving people of where they're at. Because here's the thing. Jesus knew what I hope we can all realize. Humanity is is broken. We're flawed, right? Without Jesus, we're just jacked up. That's the technical term for it. I don't know if you'll see that in the Bible, but that's the technical term for it. We're just jacked up. And here's the other part. With Jesus, we're a little less jacked up, right? Because we have Jesus and he's trying to change, God's trying to change us, transform us to look more like his son. But I need to be constantly renewed and forgive. Forgiveness is not about them. It's about what God wants from me. So let's take a moment, and if you'll bow your heads with me. First, I'm gonna pray for two different groups of people. There's a group of people in this room who don't know Jesus, okay? And they're like, you're just talking gibberish, bro. (laughs) But without Christ, there's no reconciliation nor forgiveness. Without his sacrifice on the cross, and so what I'm, if you haven't chosen to follow Jesus today, I'm asking you to make that choice. When I pray, I'm asking you to pray and ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life and to be in charge of your life, to forgive you of your sins and to be in charge of your life. Secondly, there are those of us who are in active conflict. And so I'm gonna ask our prayer partners to come forward. Like our prayer partners are gonna be up here. If you wanna pray with them or you want someone to pray with you and help you find discernment, help you help speak into what's going on in your life, we want God to, like we want to, to, to take and let that be a moment where our prayer partners can be of service to you. They're here. Now, here's the thing. If you aren't actively in conflict, file this away because at some point you will be, right? Like if you aren't actively in an active conflict today, at some point you will be, so file this away. But let's take a moment with our heads bowed and let's pray. Father God, God, you're just so good to us. Even though humanity is messed up, like even though we chose not to choose you, you sent Jesus to die on the cross so that while we were still sinners, like Romans 5.8 says, while we were still sinners, we could be in your family. Today, Father, there are those in this room who don't know you. And so, God, I'm just going to ask that you would draw their hearts to you and that they would open their hearts and they begin to just talk to you the way that they need to talk to you. God, that they would say the things, 
like, I'm broken. I need you. I, I need you to be in charge of my life. I, I ask for forgiveness. God, because what scripture tells us, another verse in Romans tells us, is that your, that your kindness is what leads us to repentance and, your repent, and us repenting is what leads us to your forgiveness. So God, I just pray that you would do that today in the lives of those who don't know you. And for those of us who do and are, find ourselves in the middle of some sort of conflict, whether it's really small or whether it feels so large that it's all-encompassing, God, I just pray that today you would speak into our hearts and lives. God, that you would show us where we can reconcile and where we can have forgiveness. God, where we can draw the boundaries we need to draw. And at the same time, God, we can be in in reconciled the way you want us to be reconciled. That God, we can be ambassadors to this world who don't know you but need to know you. God, our lives can exhibit what you can do when someone totally, completely surrenders to you. God, we ask these things in Jesus' name and by the power of your Holy Spirit. And everybody said, amen. Can we give the Lord a clap, a clap offering today? Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.